This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for Thursday the 24th of November 2022. Coming up today, we're going to talk about a Braille keyboard for your iPhone or Android device. And also, we're going to talk about me building a PC. Oh yes. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm doing, Sean Priest? I'm dancing. You know why? I'm, I'm grooving on down to the music. And do you know why? Why? Because I'm building a PC. Wow. Okay. That makes total sense. Please never start a show like that again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm grooving on down. Oh, yeah. No, you are hip. I've, I've got a hip. I've got two hips. Um, yeah. I'm thankful I'm sitting down, otherwise I'd have two broken hips. Um, ah, yeah, no, I decided. I'm, I'm, I am. T- look, I am the man when it comes to DIY. As you well no, know, you're not. No, no, you're not. And I, and I think the next challenge. This. Yeah, but I think the no. next challenge is going to be me building my own PC. What do you think? Well, no, 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 no. Are you building a PC or are you modifying and upgrading a? pre-existing pc hang on there's a difference that's, no that's just details that's just boring no, pathetic no, 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 detail no, 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 that's not relevant no, 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 i am going to be getting I, i'm yeah. going to be getting my special gloves and you know sitting on the carpet putting my hands on the carpet before i enter the machine again please let's not go down this <laughs> because that i'm just... so nervous <laughs> what <laughs> because of okay so look i've got an hp omen computer Yes. Yeah. Pre built, by the way, everyone. Yep. It, it, it did. I will say, yes. Yep, yep. I have to yep. say, these computers these days are amazing. I mean, it's not like furniture. These things come built. All right. Just saying. I'm just I'm just highlighting the difference. Carry on. Yeah. And and I, yep, yep. I, personally, I'm not happy with the innards of this computer because I think it could do with a little bit of an upgrade. So I've decided I'm going to get myself a new hard drive, uh, a new oh. storage drive. Uh-huh. And maybe even upgrade the RAM. So I want to get your take on this today. I thought I'd maybe. get you involved in this. Okay, like it. We're kicking off the show with tech. That's, uh, that's rare Very usual. these days. So it's a tech show, Well honest. done, us. Yes. Where's that voiceover <laughs> that used to do that? Where's Anna when you need her? It's a tech show, Let's honest. Oh, well done. I thought she was here for a second. Okay. So, <laughs> you're HP Omen. my coffee there. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm not supposed to it's, swallow it, I suppose. But anyway. It's a... <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Not the cup. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the HP Omen. All right, so that's apparently a very nice machine. It's so funny. When I got it, I remember when I got it, I said, well, this is it's a really weird measurement they've got in this box because it's called the HP Omen 25L, and I thought it meant 25 litres. I thought, why would you count a computer in litres? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't, and obviously they wouldn't, yeah. and obviously they didn't. No. So that was just the model number? Just the model number, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's well something done. to do with water. I didn't know what that meant. I, do you know, it's funny because just for a second, just for a second, I thought, you know how these gaming computers, they water cool them? Is that what they're doing? Oh, 25 litres of water. Take it, it into the bath, hot. fill it up, <laughs> and sweat, then plug it in and go. Let's see what happens now. Kaboom. That's why it needs updating. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so exactly, what, yeah. what's, what's the matter with this thing? Well, look, beauty. the machine itself is good, right? I think it's an AM, it's an AMD Ryzen, I want to say 3700, 3900X. It's a decent yes. processor in there. Very nice. Yes. Um, it's got 16 gig RAM, but they... More sp- than enough. Yeah, which is okay just now. Although, look, I think, I think you're going to get some pushback on that comment, Priest, because... Wrong. I think 16 gig... You know what? I mean, I'm doing audio editing and stuff, and you know we're using Jaws, and I know every time I say this, Jaws, here we go again. But honestly, yep. I I think that maybe maybe thirty two would be a better idea. Oh, you could think that, but you'd be wrong about that. Sixteen gig is more than enough. Why would you Why would you not want to upgrade to thirty two gig? What would, What's wrong with that? Why would you? There's nothing wrong with that. You go for it. I'm just saying you're spending your money with no performance gain whatsoever. Oh, that's the way I live, to be honest. I, I spend lots <laughs> Sorry, of money I... and get absolutely no performance gain. Absolutely. <laughs> You've summed up my life. I forgot who I was talking to for one minute. I do apologise. Yeah, stick 64 in it. Who cares? 64, 128 gig. Go for your life. <laughs> I'd love, it depends on what you're doing, but for... No, no, no. You don't need it. 
I mean, the thing is these days, the computers are certainly much better than they used to be. There was a time when 8 gig, I mean, 8 gig is still pretty low. If you're buying a computer today, I would avoid a computer with 8 gig. And I know some people kick back on that, but I think if you're a screen reader user, unless it's a, unless you're using the Rater, I think you could probably get away with it on 8 gig because I have used the Surface Pros with 8 gig and they're actually fine narrator but once you start adding jaws into the mix once you start getting a bit more complicated it's like everything once you start opening up more tabs once you start using more applications it's all you know and and for people who don't understand memory because i often think people don't get this the way i look at it and tell me if i'm wrong here i often think about it like the neck of a wine bottle it's the width of the neck of a wine bottle you know it's how much liquid gets through at one time how much data gets through at one time and the size of the the gigabitage um, is, is essentially the size of the neck. So if you have 16 gig, you've got a wider neck, which means more data can flow through. I think this is a brilliant analogy, and I should win an award for it. I'm loving this analogy. Just just watching yourself struggle through it. It's, it's great. No, it's, it's very entertaining. No, no, it's, Welcome to my it's, life. It's Yes, no. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. It's fine. It's, it's fine. like a neck bottle, though. That's what it is, like a wine bottle. That's exactly what it is. All right. If it is, it is. I'm, I'm, okay. Yes, it is. Thank you. So, anyway, Thank 16 you. gig, you think's okay, right? Okay, so let's leave that for now. Yes. Let's yes. talk about the hard drives. So, this computer oh. came with two built in. So, it has a program drive, and is often the case these days with desktops. And bear in mind, I should say, this is a desktop computer. They say it's a gaming machine. I mean, it could be, I suppose. You could class it as that. I think I was told it was an entry-level gaming machine. It had a right. NVIDIA... Uh, which oh. one is it? Twenty six hundred or something? No, that doesn't sound right. Um, no, come on. Twenty sixty, thirty sixty, ten sixty, twenty sixty, Yeah, that's it. So twenty sixty has got. And okay. um, it's it's decent, you know. It's it's pretty. Yeah, it's nice it, for you. Simulation game, it's perfect. Yeah, and also you know I never really use it or care, so you know there is the <laughs> argument that I do. I could just rip it out and put something else in there, which would be you know more useful. Yes. Okay. So there's that, but um, yeah, it's got so it's got two hard drives in it. It's got the two five six gig uh, storage drive, which is SSD, and it's got a one terabyte program drive in there as well. So, or sorry, hmm. a storage drive. So really, that is you know your kind of drive. You would just put all your data on your two five six gig is your main drive for your Windows installation and all that stuff. But what I'm interested in is I want to upgrade all this, but I want to know what is best to upgrade to. Okay, so I've been doing a bit of work on this. Right. I mean, what I mean is I Googled a couple of times and then got bored. Oh, no, um, I'm waiting for your hard disk analogies. Now, let's let's um, let's well, gather around the far side and wait for Uncle Stephen. It's yeah. like the neck of a whale. Um, no, it's... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, look, hard drive is all about okay. speed, right? It's all about speed of being able to read and write onto the drive. And, you know, I'll be honest, for many years I've just bought the best option based on price and that's often the case but with solid state drives and these other drives which are the spinning drives there is a difference here you you probably wouldn't want your especially these days you wouldn't want your system running off a spinning disk drive would you i mean that's just not the way to do it anymore uh, no Too absolutely slow. not yes and they usually and come HDD in two flavors as it's it's usually referred to now the mechanical spinning is usually referred to as the hdd even though that doesn't really make sense but so the sdd for the solid state ones and the hdd for the mechanical ones and solid state is that right there's no moving parts nothing it's just sitting there absolutely and uh, it's, it's a bit like chips, having an sd yeah. card or you know a little memory stick in your computer really that's yep. what's running it uh, but the spinning drives they are physically spinning you know you can feel them in your if you it's funny whenever a computer if you've ever run a computer as i have sometimes had a computer running with a hard drive connected to it and then you shut the computer down and then you pick up the drive it's like the drive is drunk because it's wobbling about all yeah, over the place that's, it's that's weird a, yes it's like a mexican um what's they call it jumping bean thing I was it wondering just feels where you like were going moving. with that um <laughs> but, <laughs> it's all right the lawyers can relax but um <sighs> no it's, it's interesting so the, the new solid state drives that are out they tend to be smaller in storage space um, because they obviously they seem to cost a lot more to produce and you don't get as much data. So whereas with a spinning drive, you could get up to, you know, 16 terabytes, huge amount of space. You could fit, you know, Sean's shed times 20 in there, you know, oh, or more. Too many. Yeah, yes. too many sheds. But uh, you could do that in there. Uh, in but when it comes to the SSDs, you're probably looking at more up to, I mean, you can go up to two terabytes now. You can probably go even up to eight terabytes now, I think. 
but they get really expensive. I think I came up with like I found one that was about a thousand dollars at eight terabytes, wow. which is just yeah. wild. And then you know, but I think for most people, five hundred and twelve gig, one terabyte is probably enough. And that's really the, the purpose of that drive is really just for your operating system. So that's what you're going to run Windows on in this case. So you don't need much more than that, really. And the storage drive, the secondary drive, is where all the, the data is going to be. So in my case, I'm looking at a 512 gig solid state drive. And I was looking yeah. at this, and we were talking about this before we, we came on. It's really interesting because the read speeds are... Um, so I, I totally understand all this, but you know, you can look at these numbers, like 560 megabits a second, and you think, well, that sounds fast. And then I was reading about these new type of SSDs, uh, which are called, uh, what are these called? M2s? M2s, NVMEs. E's? NVMEs. Yeah, M N V M E, whatever that stands for. Um, and basically, they're kind of similar in price at the moment, especially. And of course, with the whole Black Friday thing going on, you know, you can get some good deals. But I picked up one, 512 gig, for about $100. And yes. I thought that wasn't too bad. That's 512 gig. And this is an M2 drive. And the difference between, and just to give you a sense of the difference in speed between these newer drives and the, even the SSDs that are fast, 560 megabits a second versus 7,000 megabits a second. That's seven gigabytes a second of data. It says you can transfer a one terabyte hard drive in two and a half minutes. There's a lot of a lot of calculations to be made there because there's a bit of gigabits and megabytes. There's a bit of uh, conversion going on there, but I mean the basic numbers that they give out on these SSDs are actually they are a little confusing because as you said, you look at that one, that first one was 560 megabits per second, and then you look at another one, it says 7,000 megabits per second. How 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 much and it's of not the realistic, sold, right? These are the averages. That? That, that, yeah, what, 7,000 could be the, the you know, maximum capacity, potential throughput of this NVMe and the m And what we're talking about here, just, just I know, because a lot of people are saying, here we go, we're geeking out on this. But so sorry, what, sorry. What, what we're talking about here is, is sending a file from one drive to another, right? So if, you're, if you've got stuff in your storage drive, or you've got even on your main desktop computer, so you've got something on your desktop computer and you want to copy it from your, your essentially your, your C drive, onto your D drive, which is your program or your storage drive. Um, Nerd, yep. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, <laughs> you want it to go fast, right? And basically, it's going to go, I don't know what the division would be on that, but 7,000 megabits per second versus 560 seems pretty good to me. It does. It does, right? And, and the things that affect that is, <clears throat> excuse me, the things that affect how fast you can transfer something or a file can be loaded from a hard disk, is mm. the interface, such as the M2 or the SATA, depending on how it's connected to the computer, um, but also the, the the interface of the hard disk itself, how it, how it decides what data to get, how it accesses the memory in that hard disk. I don't want to go too deep into it, but there's faster, you know, there's faster interfaces built into the hard disks themselves. And that's why you see the price difference. You may see uh, the same capacity of SSD, but they may be, one may be half the price. And that's because it's got a far less advanced um, interface for getting the data off it into the computer anyway. Is so, it? Yes, is, you, you do need to be careful and know, you know, if something's too cheap, usually there's a reason for it. I mean, well, I was going to ask you about that because when it comes to price, I mean, yeah, there are lots of, I think it was like Fandango or something or whatever the name of the, the you know, the make was. <laughs> yes. It wasn't that. But, you know, with that kind of thing, you know, it's just like a, a brand name you've never heard of. Would you avoid that when it comes to hard drives? Would you just say, don't do that? Get a, get a brand name like, you know, Crucial or a Samsung or Samsung, Sandisk, WD, Western Digital? Yes. I, honestly, I would. Yes. I, I mean, you can pick up an SSD now. It's, it's ridiculous when you think of you know, how far we've come. You can pick one up for you know, $15, $10 even maybe for 120 gig. Uh, you know, no, no name brand really. But yeah, you are risking. It's all about the quality of the memory chips in there. How many times can you write? Because an SSD, the difference is that you can only write to an SSD memory chip so many times before it wears out, basically. Yeah. So 
the higher the quality of the chips, the longer the lifespan and more reliable that SSD is going to be. So, you know, if you go, if you try and save money on it, it's a bit of a fool's errand in the long run, I'll yeah. be honest with you. Plus, you know, you can get these um, named and branded like Samsung, Sandisk, Crucial, whoever it may be. If you, you, The prices have come down so much as to what they used to be. So admittedly, the, you know, you're looking at a lower capacity, but you can still pick one up fairly cheaply. So I you're suppose. kind of saying that you, you've got higher cap- or higher speed equals lower capacity. And that's essentially it, right? So if you want something, if you want lots of storage space, like I'm going to get the, the 16 terabyte storage drive, which is huge, but that's going to run at a slower speed than the SSDs will. It just will. Oh, it just will. That, the biggest upgrade you can make for your, if you've got a computer, a laptop or a desktop, the biggest upgrade you can make, it used to be, you know, shall I upgrade the memory? Shall I upgrade the mm. CPU? The biggest upgrade, if it's running a mechanical HDD, upgrade, swap that out for an SSD, and it will make the world of difference. Your operating system, you know, the boot up time it reduces drastically. The operating system feels so much more snappier. Everything will load quicker. So yeah, SSDs are honestly they they um yeah they are amazing. So I've decided to go for this instead of the SSD. And this was the kind of third category that I hadn't really thought about because I know SATA, and I know you can obviously connect up the serial ATA as it's known SATA. Um, yes. I mean, I, I can go back to Parallel and Skizzy if you want. I mean, that was going oh. back right back in time. Um, Skizzy so, Skizzy cables and Skizzy drives. Yes. I'll say they were a lot more accessible because they were much bigger, but they were thick. thick oh, cables. yeah. Cables, IDE cables. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was, um, yeah the SATAs are much more n- nicer to cable manage, but um, yeah. So, you know, my idea is that we're going to take those drives out and, and swap them over and uh, that'll be fine. But the thing is that what I was interested to learn is you and I had talked about the, the SSD and, and I was saying, well, I'm going to get a, maybe a Crucial or a, a Samsung. And then in our investigation into speeds of the drive, so we could get the best speed out of that drive, we learned the M2 drives were fastest. They were the best ones. So that's the one that does 7,000 megabits a second versus the SSD, which was doing 560. So, I mean, just even in raw numbers, if you know nothing else, and I don't, um, <laughs> that just sounds good to me. That just sounds like, well, that's going to be more. That's going to be faster, right? So then I learned that this HP Omen actually has already in it the 256 gig SSD that I thought was in there. It's not an SSD. It's an M2. So it has the slot in there, because that was my next question. Okay, how do I know my computer's capable of this? Um and that's going to be an issue for some people. Older computers might not have that capability, but if you have got a PCIe slot in your computer, you can have a card which you can put in that you can attach this drive to. It's so small, these drives as well. They're tiny. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I haven't... Uh, my days of building computers really are, are gone. So I haven't, I've never used these uh, M2 new hard disks, but they're absolutely amazing. It is just like SD cards, basically, you're throwing in there. Um, I'm just, it's just everything's just changing the 2.5 um, hard disk that you used to get you know um, I, I, I'm feeling old Stephen that's what it is you're right, feeling, feeling emotional old. there you're right I am I, I, I miss the days I used to love building a PC I used yes, to go out I. and used to research all the pieces and what I could afford and what was the best bang for the buck and did you ever build, build one from thing. scratch Oh yeah, yeah! Oh, absolute terrifying to it. And the heat sink on the CPU, applying the thermal paste, and then getting the um, the little wires to the pins for the power and the HDD light and ah, oh, man! But ah, oh, it was fantastic. There was nothing better than building it yourself. Yeah, I, I wasn't massively good at it, but I did enjoy doing it because um, I, I think it was just that sense of pride, you know, especially the day you turned it on and it actually worked. That was the greatest feeling. I remember buying all the motherboard, and it was the same thing. You know, I spent ages talking to people about motherboards and, you know, the right, you know, what kind of processor I should have, what kind of case I wanted, uh, you know, sound card. You know, I had to buy my Sound Blaster card because that was the card of the time. That's right. Remember the Sound Blaster? Uh, Oh, it was great, you know. And then, of course, you had to think about graphics. Could you get onboard graphics? Was that good enough? And all that stuff. And then which monitor? I remember the days having to decide which monitor. And I had a brilliant CRT monitor, you know, the old ones with the tubes in them. And it was a Sony. And I was so 
happy with it. I love this monitor because it has had a flat front screen, which was quite unusual at that point. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it had a flat built into it because they used to be huge, right? <laughs> and the heat that came off those things as well. Know, yeah. You could not leave them on. I mean, they could they could heat a room. They were like radiators. They were brilliant. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed all that stuff. That was you know just so. This is kind of a bit of that. I mean, it's not. I'm not going into that kind of level of depth. Big question, though, is how am I going to transfer the original data? So I've got, obviously, this all set up, and these computers are far more um, technically advanced than than they were in the days when I was setting up, which we just, you know, get the, the hard drive in there, get it all plugged up, and then open up the CD-ROM drive and put in your Windows disk, and away you go. That's not the yes. case anymore. So how do I make sure that this is going to work? Is there, like a, is there a process I should, I should follow here? Should I copy the drive somehow and... You know what? I'm always a fan of a clean install. Um, mm. So pretty much get the CD-ROM and do that. <clears throat> but obviously not a CD-ROM, a uh, USB, stick. USB stick. But um, I'm always a fan of that. But in this case, because it's the HP Omen and maybe you've got some software on there that you, you don't want to go down and, and download again and whatever else, there must be a way to clone. So you can, you can put the, uh, the new SSD in, say your 512, and keep your original one in there and simply copy bit by bit the operating system hard disk over mm. to your new one. There, is, there will be a way to do that. And as far as I remember, there is something built into Windows, maybe even using the Windows Restore feature, that can do something that would build an image that you can restore back onto that new hard disk. But I'm going to have to look into that, or I'm going to ask our listeners if they know or can recommend an accessible way to do that. There was um, third-party software back in the day that I used to use, but um, as far as I know, I'm not sure that's accessible. So, um, yeah, I'm really interested if anyone could give us any recommendations on that. Yeah, I'm looking for recommendations on this because this is going to be my project on Saturday. My wife's going out for the day with her mum. She's off for a nice little day out. And I said, well, my plan is to rebuild this computer from scratch. Um, oh, my God. We've wasted our lives. I have to say, I, this, I'm, this, this I'm Saturday, so excited. I'm staying in building a computer. I, I, I can't wait. I, I've been looking forward to a little project like this for I don't know how long. So this looks like so much fun to me. Uh, if we live closer, I'll be around there. We'd both be I doing know. it. Oh, it'd be amazing. Because it's one of those things, it's just it's just that thing of, of, you know, switching it on and it works. And, you know, you, I remember the days when you used to go through this. I, I haven't through Windows installs, you know, like I was doing them every day at some in some cases because, you mm. know, you just have to wait to get sorted out. I'm hoping that isn't the case. I think this will probably be a lot simpler. And I do have my USB key ready to go. So if I want to do an install from fresh, I could. And I think that'll be okay. I think it probably would be the smartest move, actually, now I think about it. Just get, you know, get essentially just take the drives out, put the new ones in, and just plug in that USB and go. That might be the smartest move. It's a lot easier than it used to It used to be that, you know, the drivers were the real issue, right? Yes. Um, and, and, but now, as, as well, when you're installing Windows, you've got narrator support for the installation process as well. But it does mean, okay, so you need sound drivers, right, to, to hear a narrator. But it's so good now. There's so many universal drivers built in to Windows that it just picks it up in 99% of the cases. Of course, there's always that possibility that, oh, I can't find your sound hardware, so you've got no narrator support. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, it's... um, the only thing you'll need to do is install Windows and then you know go down to the HP website and download the drivers that you may need. But nine out of ten times, Windows will find it for you and download it itself. I don't know why I'm so excited about this, but I am looking forward to this project. So that's my Saturday plan. I'll tell you well how it goes on Monday. If if on Monday I'm not here, if I don't if if I'm not on the show on Monday, you know it didn't go well. It did go and also you know <laughs> you know that the um the Windows arm a uh, virtual machine hasn't gone particularly well when you're rebuilding a, a Windows PC. <laughs> so I, well, gu- I yeah. guess there's something to be said for that there. What's happened? So it's the JAWS thing, honestly. <laughs> it's the JAWS thing. Everything else is fine. I, I do think, though, I will be honest, even on Audacity, I think it's the Windows build. I think there's something not quite right in this beta because even on in the original testing I did way back at the beginning when I was using it for, you know, I think I used it for about a month, and yeah. I had no issues at all with it. It was great. Even like playing audio, even recording audio was great. And I remember saying to people, this is really good. I can just hit record on Audacity on the PC side and it works. Now I'm getting artifacts. I'm getting noise. 
Um, no, it's as if there's a good. stutter going on, and it feels like, mm, and, and it's really hard to know what the problem is because you're obviously dealing with so many different factors. You've got the Mac, you've got sound card drivers, you've got drivers that may not be compatible one way or the other. It's, it's so hard to know what the answer is to that. Is so, that, yeah. is that the difference though? Is it on the Mac OS on your other uh, Mac computer? Was was it the same OS that you're using on this one now? Or using ah, Ventura that's on a this. Great question. One. No, Ventura's on this ah. one, and that was not the case before. I was always using. Was it Monterey? Was the previous one? Um, ah, yes, Monterey Jack cheese. Of course, yeah. it was Monterey Jack. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, a drink. I don't, I don't know. know. Um, I'm sure there's a restaurant around here called that. But anyway, yeah. So that's um, that's my plan. I, do you know? It's, it's just. I think you get to that point in your life. Where you think I just need this to work. I need to get stuff done. Yeah, you keep saying that, and then when you get it working, you tear it all down again within six months. I'm a terrible person. You get bored of it. Yes, you are. Well done. Let's anyway, stick around. Tell us, how, be... yes. tell us how sad we are. Email feedback. Yeah, email double feedback. Just put in the subject line, sad. Yes, thank you. Um, listen, stick around, because we're going to be talking about uh, uh, the Hable One. This is a, an interesting little product. It is a Braille keyboard for your iPhone or Android. No display on it, just a keyboard. Uh, and a little bit of a different design. If you don't know about it, you're going to hear more about it from its inventor next here on Double Tap. Send us your feedback to feedback at doubletaponair.com. Leave us a voicemail at one 803 4567 You're listening to Double Tap. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And we're talking today all about, uh, well, building PCs. Which I've got to say, I, I like I've said earlier, I'm so excited about. But, you know, and then I'm going to get into that whole thing of, right, okay, what else do I want to do with this? Do I want to get my RAM upgraded? Hey, is this processor no. any good? You know, you know, this is how it starts. It's like when you're, it's like when you're decorating a house. You oh, decorate one room, and then suddenly you think, everything else looks dead dirty. Dirty. Yes, you're dirty. absolutely right. You, what you're doing is letting yourself in for a world of trouble and expense. Well, yes, but absolutely. Good well, that's well. Listen, as soon as I started taking on this show, I knew this was going to be trouble, <laughs> and I'm loving it. Uh, right, let's talk about uh, Braille because we've, we've been talking a lot about Braille recently, and uh, quite rightly so because um, you know there's lots of options out there when it comes to technology that can really improve our lives, uh, and, and you know especially when it comes to Braille, actually get Braille into our lives. And one of the challenges for a lot of people, as we've talked about, is the cost the cost of accessing Braille and getting into it. If you want to be able to input text into your device, and, and how many times have you and I said typing on the iPhone is a bit of a nightmare? Dictation's okay. It's not brilliant. Yeah. But, you know, typing in, using that keyboard can be tricky. If you're someone who knows Braille or even knows grade one Braille, basic Braille, whatever, you can use this little keyboard called the Hable One to enable you to do this. And with me now is the inventor, and I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I want to know more about you and your company. So first off, welcome to the show. So hi everyone, my name is uh, Fake. I'm one of the co-founders of Hable. We are a Dutch-based company and we developed the Hable One, which is a kind of controller with which you can control your smartphone in a much easier way by using physical buttons. Uh, and that's what we do. Well, first off, it is absolutely brilliant to have you here. Uh, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Because, look, you know, it's interesting. This is such a, an interesting and new space uh, when it comes to this kind of technology. Um, how did the idea come about? Where did you get the idea to create a, a Braille input keyboard? This is a company with two co-founders, so two people that founded the company. Uh, it's me and my co-founder, Ayushman. And Ayushman comes from India, and from a very young age, he lived together with his grandfather. Uh, and at a later stage in his life, his grandfather lost his vision. So really, from a personal experience, with working with his grandfather, reading the newspaper, um, doing day-to-day -day jobs, he really found out that all the struggles that also came with this. Uh, and one of the big things was using his phone. So really, from that point of view, Ayushman decided, hey, maybe there's something I can do about this, or maybe it's something I can develop. And he came up with some uh, with some ideas uh, that were like, by now we call them really uh, shitty prototypes, is what we like to call them. Uh, and that kind of developed over time. So uh, from that first initial idea, it developed with 50, 100 prototypes. So we started testing with multiple users. And, and that now came to this final product of, uh, of the Hable One. 
So, wow, right. So it took a bit of time to get to this stage, but then you would expect that, right? Because, you know, when you come up with an idea, it's going to take some time to get yeah, it right. For sure. And it was really important because when you, when you start off, you only have really one opinion of, of yourself and maybe the few people you tested with, but the product only really becomes great when you can work with more people and we have more inputs. So it's really important that it takes a while to, to develop something like this. It's interesting that you picked on on Braille to do this with, because of course you know you could have created uh, an equivalent QWERTY keyboard, for example, that could do something like what the Hable One does. But you, it seems like you were going for simplicity, and you were really quite keen to focus in on blind people who use Braille. Why was that? Yeah, so Braille, of course, is something that's being used less and less nowadays. Um, but on the other hand, Braille is also something that really brings a lot to people. So we've we done our research and we, we found out that Braille is really, if you look at uh, people with blindness that are familiar with Braille or that use Braille, the, the employment rate is much higher. Often other uh, statistics really say that Braille brings a lot of great things. But the problem is that Braille is a bit old and, and boring. So we thought, okay, let's see why Braille is, Braille is so good for people, but why not a lot of people tend to use it. And we tried to make Braille a bit more new so we kind of put it in a new coat uh, as we like to say and we really focus on the on the good parts of braille and want to bring it to a wider audience so yeah it is a braille keyboard but actually right now in the netherlands almost half of our users don't actually know braille so they got the hey one really as a easy and simple way to navigate over the phone and in the meantime some of them decided to learn braille and others even just stay, uh, sticked with the uh, navigation part but it's really a new way of looking at braille that was the the concept behind it so you're aiming this at people who aren't just into Braille and have been into Braille their whole lives, but people who are new to Braille today. Yes, yes. So it's really actually uh, people who are, if you're Braille, familiar with Braille, of course it's a great device because it's really something that's just handy and on the road you can use a lot. But when you're not familiar with Braille, there's a lot of things that are actually super useful. Just making that navigation over your phone a lot simpler instead of using that, that flat screen interface, you now have physical buttons. So we really also aim it at that group. And to be completely honest with you, that's not how we once started. So once we started, we really thought it would be Braille keyboard for Braille users. But we kind of learned over time that this is something that you can learn really fast. So everyone, for example, that comes into our team, into our company, they first have to learn to work with the Hable One, uh, sided or non-sided. And most of them didn't have any Braille knowledge. But in a few hours, you get the complete basics and you can already type. And it just takes a few more days to have a decent speed. Now, the simplicity of it that you talk about is down to that design, the, the, the lack of a multitude of buttons to learn. It, it is quite a simple device to learn. Um, I want to talk a bit about that in a second, but I'd like to maybe kick off by talking about that design of the keyboard, the way that you're meant to hold it, because it, it, took, it took me a bit of time to get used to when I started it. I was thinking, this is a bit odd, because essentially you have to hold it on your chest, and then you, you're holding, and you, you press the buttons, and it, it actually, once you start using it, it all makes sense. But how did that design idea come about? Because, you know, let's be honest, some of the other designs of these of equivalents that might be out there today are generally meant to be on the desk. Their, their keyboard layout is uh, yep. horizontal, not <laughs> vertical. Well, how did that design come about? Yes, yeah, so actually this design, it, it kind of started as an accident. So um, when we started off building the, the product, it was a keyboard that you would kind of put on the back of your phone. So it would be on the back of an iPhone or Android phone, and it would be there just for typing. So when you imagine it like that, it's understandable why you have to press the keys towards yourself and why you hold it in this weird way. But as we were developing and we were testing it with more users, we all of them told us, well, it's nice, but I want to control my entire phone. And now my phone is super thick with this, uh, with this keyboard on the back. So can you make it a standalone device, which, which I can control and type? So based on that user feedback, we decided, okay, let's make it a standalone device that can control your entire phone. And from there, we sticked with the current design of having to type towards yourself and holding it in the air. And the reason is it makes you much more mobile. So you don't need a stand or a desk when you're using it. You can truly use it wherever you are, standing up, sitting down, it doesn't really matter. So by accident, we found this design, but it works really well because of kind of the accessibility wherever you are. And that's actually part of the fun of this because a lot of people <laughs> who use this are on the move. They are wanting to use this out and about. Yeah. And the idea of having somewhere to sit it down is, is often tricky. I mean, if you're on a train or a bus, you might not have a table in front of you. The idea is you don't need a table because you've got a table. You can use that. <laughs> exactly. That's a perfect line. We should use that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> 
But that's it, <laughs> that's isn't it? It's, it's about that simplicity. Yeah. That's really what it's about. It's it should be really simple wherever you are, just to navigate your phone, type messages. Uh, that's really the goal of, of, of the product. Yeah. I can tell you like that line. You're going to use that. I can feel that is going to be used at some point. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm writing this down. I, I really like it. How do we not come up with this? Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. Well, it, it says it, doesn't it? But, um, but that's the thing about it. I, I just, I love spending time with it because well, it's a really interesting device to to try out. It, again, the simplicity of it. build quality is good as well. How did you did you get feedback on that? The best way to build this so that you could get a solid device, but you know, equally light and easy to use. Yeah, so we uh, we are quite a young team. So we are uh, actually a bunch of people that, uh, after uh, completing masters in university, really started to full time working on this. Uh, and with our team, we have. A lot of knowledge on, on design and we do have a lot of knowledge on working with people with blindness we have some people with a visual impairment in our team but we lacked kind of the knowledge on really going from that final prototype stage to a really solid product uh, in the market so for that we partnered up with a with a company called page it's a really large company in the netherlands uh, and they helped us with that final stage of making sure okay we, you have now have a good product let's make it to a great durable product and really focus on the ergonomics build quality it lasts for a long time because it's something people use multiple hours a day so we really put a lot of focus and everything that together with our partner to make sure it's yeah it's a durable device that you can use for a long time uh, and, and that was really the focus with them yeah this is built for smartphones ios android phones you can use it that's great any plans to do a device that can work with computers? Yes, so uh, it's a question we get more often. And currently we support typing on computers. So just for typing, you could use it, but that's very limited. So we are working on a navigation on, on uh, both Windows and Mac. Uh, we're, we're still, I, I cannot say which kind of screen readers work with at this point, but we're, we're developing that. And that's also the great fun, actually. So the product that's out there right now supports smartphones and tablets, but we're still working on a lot of added functions in the future. So we can remotely do software updates and things like uh, working with a PC or uh, fast device switching. All these things will still be built in the future. Um, so, yeah. PC is, is on the roadmap. I cannot tell you when it's finished, though. Can you tell us, will that be on the same device, or are you looking at something new to do that? No, that's on the same device. So from your Hable One, you will be able to just switch between your phone, your tablet, your PC, and it should work on uh, everything, yeah. That's amazing. Um, now, in terms of uh, Braille itself, one of the, the, the costly sides, because often when we talk about Braille, we come down to the subject of cost. And yes. one of the ways you can minimize that cost, of course, is to take the display part out, because that's the bit, really, I guess, that costs the most amount of money. Is that something you're looking into? Is that something you're interested in? Or do you feel at this stage that the way you're doing it with essentially Braille input and audio output as a, as a response is, is good enough? Yeah, so currently we really focus on, on the part of just Braille input and audio output. We, we kind of test it with talking to a lot of people and ask them, okay, so for which situations do you use the, the Braille output? Um, because indeed, as you said, it would really drive up the costs. And especially when we are also focusing on people who are not necessarily that familiar with Braille, reading Braille is, is much more difficult to learn than just typing Braille. Um, so for those reasons, right now, we really have to focus on, on the Hey One as it is. So just input and not output in Braille. But I can imagine uh, as, as we grow and in the future that it's something we will we'll look into again because it does increase accessibility for, uh, for a select group to also have Braille output. But I, I definitely think it would be a few years down the line uh, before such a product would be out there. And, and in terms of the future plan, I mean, the, the device you have in some ways is, is kind of perfect as it is, right? Because, you know, it does all these great things. And of course, it adapts with the technology it's connecting to. So your device doesn't need an update all the time uh, because, of, because of that simple uh, reality that the technology itself is connecting to is doing the updates. Uh, do you have to work with partners at Apple, at Google, to make sure that Hable One continues to work? Is that, is, is that a relationship that you have to kind of keep on the, on the go all the time? So actually, the Hable One by the phone is recognized as a regular keyboard. So it's not recognized as a Braille device, but as a keyboard. So it kind of allows us to build our own custom mapping. And we also have our own complete custom software to interact with the phone. So we kind of, as long as we follow uh, standards from, from regular keyboards, we can put in everything based on and make our own sequences not to get too technical but uh, because of that we have a lot of freedom also how we can build certain things so we can do our own mapping we can do our own uh, simple navigation that we like um, and we we do work together in certain groups that we know kind of what 
updates will be coming from Apple or, or Android. And so we're always up to date. And from our side, we yeah, we need to make sure we, we stay updated. But that's relatively simple with uh, by us using the regular keyboard inputs. That's so smart. Um, and yeah. in terms of that, because I guess one of the things you might get asked about is customization. Is there any customization yes. opportunity in it? Because everyone loves to customize you know, key commands and controls. Is that something you can do or could do potentially with this? So it's something we could do. Yeah, it's it's not there right now um, because it's really at the, at the later stage. But I, I, I don't want to paint the picture too much because it's something we would work towards. Uh, but it might take a while. But in the end, yes, people can actually fully customize certain commands. It would be relatively simple. So we're building a Hable app right now from which you can like do a software updates over the app, but also a lot of support material. And in the future, yes, it would be possible to fully customize your own input. So let's say you want to uh, open it, your, mess in, uh, your message app, which is located at the bottom right uh, on a shortcut. You can just build that. So you can let, uh, kind of give the input to the Hable one. So by holding just one dot, for you, it would open your message app right away. That's something uh, in the future we can work towards. Uh, listen, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing the news about Hable One. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, Sean. And, you know, great to learn more about what is going on there with the Hable One. And, you know, since we talked, um, and I don't mean in the last minute, I mean, <laughs> since we've been talking to, to freak about the, the Hable One and all the rest of it, they've announced the app as well. So now you have the app where you can go and download. Um, and that just, allows, it really, the, all the app does, it, you know, if you go search for it, just search for Hable, H-A-B-L-E. If you've got the Hable One, it will just allow you to do those firmware updates, which are really important. Um, so you'll get the latest features. And, you know, like he's saying, you know, some cool things that we're going to get in the future with this. Maybe, you know, working with other PC support. Devices. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Firstly, let me say, no need for a table. I've got a Hable. Wow. Well done. You were proud of that one. I was. I, and if they start using it, I expect a kickback. <laughs> Have you got one of these Hable ones? I do. I do. They're brilliant. I, I gotta say, the talk there about the um you know, not being a, an experienced Braille user and people still using it for just navigating around. I, I really want to try one of these out now. Oh, that, that sounds really cool. And people learning in a matter of hours to type on it. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I like the sound of this. It takes a bit of getting used to the way it, it's, it's laid out and the fact you hold it on your chest. But you don't have to hold it in your chest, but it's... Yeah, I must admit, that does sound weird, Stephen. When you say hold it on your chest, that does sound weird. But it's, the way, it's because of the way, because of the positioning of the keys and because of the way that it sits, you kind of have to have it sitting, you know, you kind of hold it almost in your, you know, at, your, at your stomach or on your chest, wherever you're sitting. Away mode. I seem to remember, I used to use Embrel back in the day and there was, um, was it tabletop mode or away mode? So you, oh, yeah. you, the screen the screen of your phone was away from you. Maybe maybe the Braille input on the iPhone is the same now. I can't remember actually. But you, you hold the screen away from you and you type almost on the, you know, like it was, yeah, like on your chest. So I can, I can get that. It's almost reversed. And then of course you think about typing in your number you know your passcode number your pin number on your phone or you think about your um, yeah you know typing in detail or just you know using your device without having to pull the phone out you know a lot of people are talking about this what's the other one that everyone goes on about is it rovi or ruvi or what's the name of it oh Sorry. yes other thing oh, i can't we, remember we, we'll get into trouble about this because we did do last time we talked about it but yes i can't remember it's got the what t9 it's keyboard and i can't remember the yes, name of it but, but it's, it's that that that's quite expensive as well, isn't it? How much? Well, is that it's one? not. Yeah. It's not that dissimilar, I would think, in terms of price. But I think a lot of people are, are mm. saying it's really good because they can. You can do lots of different things with it. You can even. I think the thing about that keyboard is you can even use it as a phone in itself because it's got a speaker and a microphone built in. That's you can actually right. hold it up yes. to your ear and make, take it's calls like with it. Credit card sized, isn't it? I seem to remember. Yeah, I think yes, people, a bit bigger than that. But yeah, yeah, yeah you get the idea. But yeah, I, I wish they'd make one with quality. I really wish they'd make a QWERTY version of it. Yeah, I'd but could that. you actually use that? I mean, do well, you remember back in the... Did you ever have one of those candy phones or a feature phone which which had a QWERTY keyboard on it? Listen, yeah, I mean, it was in Blackberry's dead, right? So somebody could get that patent <laughs> for that. You could buy the patent for that keyboard that, Bra that Blackberry had and build that into a small keyboard with a few additional buttons. It would not be big. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever tried the BlackBerry. I could type really quickly on that. It was a really nice keyboard. They really got really? that bang on. Were you using oh, your eyes? No, well, I mean, there was no voiceover on it, so I guess. But no, the point is I wasn't using my eyes to type. No, I was typing okay. absolutely fine with it. I mean, it was. I thought it was great. 
No, yeah, I've never used it. I used, I can't remember what it was now, an E97 Nokia or something. And it was, um, it had a QWERTY keyboard on it, but it was still in portrait mode. So they were all squashed in together. And it was, it was just weird. It's not a great experience. It's pretty much like the on-screen keyboard. You could use it, but it's slow. And you just don't want to type anything particularly long. Yes. Well, that's right. This is where this is where something like this, the Hable, or the other one that we can't remember the name of, the Revo, or whatever it's called. Revo, that's uh, it. R-I-V-O, Revo, that was it. There we go. Okay, well done. That's the well one. Well done, me. Um, yeah, they are they are handy. I mean, I mean, it's just like a Bluetooth keyboard, but taken to the extreme, even more portable, right? So you can just slip into a, a shirt pocket or something. Um, so the Hable and Braille keyboard, you can get it from CNIB because they recently started selling it there. So you can get it at the CNIB Smart Life Centre, a great place to go to for information. And it's $349 there, so you can get access to it via that if you'd like. So $349 is where you get it from. Um, so, yeah, are you going to get one? No, I've changed my mind. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 that's still quite a considered uh, purchase for me at that price, I'll be honest. I know. Sorry. Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's just good to have options, <laughs> right? And it doesn't always <laughs> have to be. Of course it is. Yes, you know. I'm not putting it off for that. I'm, I'm just saying, for, personally, cheap. I know that. I, I am. Yes, yes. I, I couldn't, I couldn't justify it because I'm just not that experienced and involved in Braille. Well, th- I guess that's the point, right? That there is a kind of a, mm, you know, there's the if it was. Fifty dollars, you'd be like, you know what? I'll take the gamble. Oh, you, yeah, and, definitely, yeah. definitely. Ninety nine dollars. I was thinking like this, uh, other devices. Ninety nine dollars. Yeah, maybe I would test it out. But well, what I would also yeah, say that, is maybe maybe look out because you know people might buy them. Maybe they don't like them, or maybe they just decide to sell it on, or you know whatever for whatever reason. Refurb. Exactly. Yeah. So this might come round again. You know, you might find that's the case. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll try and get you one to play with though, because I think that would be kind of oh, cool. I'll just steal yours. On that. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, you steal mine. Yeah. You steal mine. Okay. That's absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, seriously, check out that CNIB Smart Life store because that's a great place to get a lot of this stuff and uh, get advice as well. You know, on what's there. There's, there's the other. The only other option that's available at the moment is the Orbit Writer, and it's more Perkins style. It's the that's more traditional. What I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, that's yes. more traditional in that respect. Maybe that's better. The only thing I find with the Orbit. I have. I mean, I think Orbit's really well built, but the only thing I find is the buttons. I know the displays. We talked about this with Matthew Horsepool. The displays themselves are very loud on the Orbit Reader when those pins yes. are coming up. It's like, you know. Um, whereas it's very good. It's like a machine gun. <laughs> well you know? done. Yeah. Um, but a little tiny machine gun. Um, and the buttons are quite, you know, they're quite noisy as well. But you know, again, oh. that might suit some clacky. People. Yeah, oh, yeah, that'll suit you. You like annoying people with your mechanical keyboard. I was going to say, I mean, I've got my mechanical keyboard sitting here. I'm happy as Larry, right? So <laughs> that would kind of suit me. Um, but yeah, it's, I just, I'm glad we're, we're kind of talking about this. I'm glad there's options. You know, it feels good to, to know that there are options out there that you can get that do this kind of thing. Um, I'll be intrigued to hear what other people think. But um, yeah, unfortunately, when it comes to displays, that's where things get more expensive, really. That's where the prices just go flying up. Yes. That's always the problem. What can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, you know, coming up, we are going to be talking about my PC disaster. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well done. I've just decided we're going to. Yeah. I've I've got (laughs) such optimism in this project, but, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, So, yeah. Again, we were looking for your advice on this, dear listener. So, if you do have some advice, especially, I think what I need to know going into this is, what are my expectations? Because, you know, when you think about the TPM chip or you think about the way that these systems authenticate now, they're, they've got a little bit more privacy and security inside the BIOS, right? So the idea of just plugging a hard drive in and just go sounds a little bit terrifying. So we'll see. Why? We'll see how it works well, out. Oh, well, it'll be absolutely fine. That's another thing. Why are BIOSes still so inaccessible? Absolutely disgusting. Oh, it's about the time they were made thing. accessible. Yeah. Thank you. That's fine on the Mac. Um... Yes, because Mac hasn't got a BIOS. Well, it's got a, a recovery environment. Ah, well, that's different. Yeah, okay. fully accessible with Fred. Yes. Fred, the voiceover. Oh, I know. I'd write, yeah, no, I'd rather it be inaccessible than have Fred. Sorry, Fr- Fred is like Mac's eloquence. That's basically <laughs> what Fred is. <laughs> I still yes. remember the days having the old laptop. I had the PowerBook one four five, or was it one ninety? I can't remember. It was black and white. Anyway, I think it might have been the one ninety. And it was, um, I, I maybe I can tell this story. I don't know if I'll get away with it. 
because my wife is always very touchy about this particular subject. Oh. But let's bring it okay. up. Um, let's so try it. Why not? She had a power book at, at school, right? We had one that the school gave us to use. And it was quite, I mean, you think about it, we're talking mid, well, early 90s. You know, this is quite unusual to have a, a laptop like that in school. So because we got God, a taxi. You young. I always yeah, young bucks that we are. You but are. yeah, so no, we'd you get the taxi. Yeah. The taxi would come and take us, you know, back and forward from school because, you know, we couldn't possibly go on a, any kind of form of transport or we would nope. die. Yeah, um, burst into flames. Yep. I remember the days we used to say, actually, you know, I'll just get the bus home, you know, so you could be with your friends. And they'd be like, no, you must get the taxi. <laughs> so, okay, fine. Um, and I lived a long way away from that, that, that place, so I was quite happy about that. But anyway, yes. I get on my... I get in the taxi and my uh, my now wife gets in the taxi, uh, my friend at the time, and um, I get a call. <laughs> not friend that now. night. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not wife now either. Um, I get a call and she says, I've left my laptop in the taxi. <gasps> no. Never oh. to be seen again. Really? Yeah. Never seen it. Did again. you have it? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I didn't take it. It wasn't me. Why did she ring I wasn't you? in that taxi. She was a separate taxi. It was nothing to do with me, oh, girl. Oh, oh, oh. Why, I really? Cluso over that's, here. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, did she get in trouble? Um, well, um, she. let's just say she did, yes. Let's just say that it oh, did not okay. go down too well with the people at the school. But right. um, we're, we're oh, just moving on from that because, you know, it was a okay. difficult time. Oh, I'm, so, I'm so sorry to bring up a sensitive subject. You brought it up, not me. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Sean. Uh, sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, listen, we're Missy out of time. Scott. We're back tomorrow. And keep your feedback coming. Let us know what you think. Uh, feedback at doubletaponair.com. You know, of my computer building thing, not my wife leaving a laptop in a taxi. Uh, yes. And also one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. Catch you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Double Tap. Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.